0: Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. We'll begin this evening discussing Srila Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. This evening we'll go over a general introduction that was uh, presented in the beginning of Sachinarayan Das's edition, which is the edition from which we will be studying the Krishna Sandarbha. And he touches upon some of the main points that will be presented in the Krishna Sundarva. But before he gets to the actual points of what's going to be presented, he puts things in a perspective. And it's a perspective that shows the unique contribution of Srila Jiva Goswami to sampradaya, the Brahma, Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Jiva Goswami's done quite a task in presenting the Krishna Sandharva, and a lot of what is going to be presented initially here, we as Gaudiya Vaishnavs in the present age, for the most part, take for granted. It's like a given. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If you're at all a student of uh, the English editions of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami Srila Prabhupada, you can't get through a page or two without seeing Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That conclusion is not arrived at generally, It's not a a generally accepted fact in Vaishnavism that Krishna is the supreme Swayam Bhagavan personality of Godhead. This This is a relatively new concept to Vaishnavism coming in the wake of the advent of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu even Krishna himself came, for the most part, he was looked upon as simply another avatar of Vishnu. So to to come to this conclusion, Krishna's 2 Bhagavan Swayam, and to draw that out from the Srimad Bhagavatam as the Parivasa. Parivasa uh, sutra uh, as a Mahavakya, as a major de- spiritual declaration, is is nothing that that is not astounding to Vaishnavism, and for us it's like wasn't well, that a given that God's Krishna, and that his home's in Vraj, and that his topmost lover is Radharani. Uh, no, it's not a given. It's 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 a unique, uh, the unique contribution of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Goloker prema Hari Nam Sankirtan, that Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu interest it introduced this most intimate knowledge of the supremacy of krishna it's it's not just not just a simple thing so a few points are made here to to bring this out so now of course krishna as an avatar if we look at krishna as an avatar uh It's, it's he's he's kind of an enigma. Where do you place him? Like, what's what's his primary attribute? His attributes seem to be somewhat of a contradiction. On one hand, he's he's a great mystic as an avatar, because who but a great mystic could impart the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, which are so universally accepted in by humanity. It's a unique contribution. So you have Krishna, the young prince on one hand, speaking this mystery of the Bhagavad Gita, and then on the other hand, he's married to 16,108 wives but he's he's looked upon as this great saintly personality where celibacy and and you know uh, the most level-headed of consciousness is required to advance spiritually and he he propounds in the bhagavad gita to you know to give up all material attachments he's married to 16,000 wives and we heard and it's in the scriptures that before he even went to the city and and married these wives, he was a playboy at home with gopis married gopis nonetheless so where does he really fit in to this godhood thing it's it is it's it's rather unique that you have this this historical personality who's been been put forth in the scriptures as an incarnation of the Supreme, but it's kind of hard to figure out where where does he fit. How does he, you know, how do we how are we to look at this personality as God? We we have no trouble seeing him as a manifestation of God, as as the mystic that delivered the the Bhagavad Gita, but on the other hand, who needs that many wives? Who runs off with other men's wives as a child? Well, not as a child, as a young a young man. So. Uh, he's a great lover. He's a skilled statements. He's a highly realized mystic on one hand. Uh, he's an irrepressible lover. He's a thief of young girls' garments uh, while they're bathing in the Yamuna. He's Yogeshwar. He's the master of yoga, uh, where celib- celibacy, as I said, and uh, uh, reserve our principles. And then he is put forth as the most exalted personality in society at the Rajasuya sacrifice of Maharaj Yudhisthira. So they elect, let's elect the, the topmost person. He's gonna be he's gonna be like the Figurehead for a sacrifice. He's the most revered. Who amongst all of you is most revered? So, so many kings are there, and the pandavas are there, and and everybody votes for Krishna. Well, there has to be a holdout. Yeah, there's always a holdout or two. So, rather unique that he's you know that he's put forth uh, at the rajasuya sacrifice interesting thing that he did at the rajasuya sacrifice too is he personally washed the feet of those that attended when the, upon their arrival this is this is this is god This is the, you know, the top most worshipable personality, but he's the one that's worshiping and washing everyone's feet as they come. So it's written here in the introduction, and I want to share this one sentence, because this this is really, really significant, and... Really brings home the point. It is essential to gain a clear picture of his true ontological stature in order to grasp the significance of the Bhagavat Purana and the method by which it self discloses truth, namely bhakti yoga. To be infused with transcendental love for Bhagavan, authentic and un Ambiguous knowledge about him and his eternal being is the utmost importance so Bhagavan now we've had the Bhagavat Purana, and in the Bhagavat Purana we were introduced to the concept of the supreme a supreme personality with with characteristics as opposed with characteristics in form and his own identity as opposed to. The other manifestations of Godhead in that famous verse, which forms the core verse for the first three sandarbhas, Vedanti tat 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 vamyas kyanamadvayam Brahmeti paramatmeti Bhagavaniti subjate. So Bhagavan was introduced in a general way, and he has. He has many manifestations. But in that Sundarbha, in the second Sundarbha, the Bhagavad Sandarbha, uh, there's Jiva doesn't really introduce us to the hierarchy of the manifestations of Bhagavan. He just he just introduces it to the us to the general idea that there is a supreme personality and that personality encompasses a more comprehensive view of the supreme absolute truth. In fact, the most comprehensive view, the view Bhagavan, containing all these various transcendental characteristics and being the source of the manifestations of the imminent um, existence of the Lord, eminent in material nature, in the jivas, who has these shaktis, who basically is related to the material manifestation, and certainly more having more of the qualities than Brahman, which really ontologically doesn't display any qualities per se. Bhagavan is is that, that nondescript manifestation of the Supreme all-pervading, everywhere. But having no, basically being put forth in the scriptures is having no distinctive qualities at all, just pure spiritual conscious energy. It's only when we look to the Paramatma feature of the Supreme and the Bhagavan feature that we we see a manifestation of any qualities. And the Paramatma's qualities, for the most part, are in relationship to the material manifestation. So, the Bhagavat Sandarbha introduced us to these ideas, but as far as the the specifics of the Bhagavan feature, those have been left and are going to be completely and comprehensively dealt with in the Krishna Sandharba. So if we if we were to accept, as Jiva has put forth, that the Vedanti taught verse is the verse or the phrase, the verse upon which the first three Sandarbas are presented. This Krishna's too Bhagavan Swayam is the verse or the actually line from a verse that is the core upon which the Krishna Sandarbha is being presented by Srila Jiva Goswami. So Bhagavan has unlimited forms that we've covered. Vishnu, Rama, Krishna, the Shringa. So, one would ask, is there any hierarchy to these forms? Or are they all equally equal manifestations of the Supreme Absolute Truth? Is one greater than another? Krishna Sandarbha answers this question. For us, it's a given. But understand... Again, we have to kind of step back and see from what Jiva's doing here. First, he ended he ended the Paramatma Sandarbha by what? By establishing the irrevocable fact of the the, the main message of the Bhagavatam is. The Supreme Absolute Truth. At the end of the Krishna Sandarbha, so much was there that we, can, we have to see the Srimad Bhagavatam as the topmost representation of spiritual knowledge with of all the scriptures that are available. And in there we can find that what is the subject of this topmost spiritual. Shastra, it is the supreme absolute truth, Krishna. And he gives so many arguments at the end of the Paramatma-sandharva. So now we're coming to to really looking deeply at this idea here in the Krishna-sandharva. So conventionally, as I said, conventionally, meaning most most Vaishnavas simply accept Krishna as another incarnation of the Supreme, of Bhagavan. Rather unique, as we have just discussed, a rather unique, mysterious incarnation, hard to understand. What is he? Where does he fit in? Kinda of like it's it's there's a little there's a little mysticism and mystery in this manifestation. Rama? I mean, Rama, look at Ram, Lord Ram, Sita Ram. Oh, I mean, we're talking about the pillar of, of Dharma himself. There's little question that in in his conduct of his, of the nature of his being a, an, an avatar of, of the Supreme. I mean, it's kind of like a given and Lord Nashringa, I mean, well, if you can jump out of a pillar and rip rip the the most powerful demon in a universe to shreds, is there any question of God being there? but as as we saw, Krishna, it's like, yeah, God some he's like he's he's the most godly he's as elected as the most godly at sacrifices. was that just because? I mean, everyone saw him as a great personality, so much so that they elected him there. But on the other hand, what we've heard about his uh, childhood pastimes and what we observe in Dwaraka of his princely activities—I mean, it's kind of, kind of an amazing. Doesn't fit between. Hard to comprehend how this is also manifestation of the Lord even, want to speak of Krishna's 2 Bhagavan Swayam. This idea that Krishna is just another avatar though is completely uprooted in this Krishna Sandarbha. Vishnu, being ontologically related to creation and eminence, is implicitly included in a more complete transcendental whole. Swayam Bhagavan, who is clearly identified as Sri Krishna in the text. As we said, so many manifestations of the Supreme Godhead, and Krishna Sandarbha shows emphatically that Krishna is this Supreme Manifestation of the, of the Supreme Absolute Truth, Swayam Bhagavan. As you can kind of see in what we've discussed here, when we look to acceptance of this idea, it's not generally accepted. It's not like a given that everybody's going to see Krishna as the supreme manifestation of Bhagavan. And it's pointed out here in this introduction that remember back to the Tattva Sundarbha. Jiva Goswami made it clear in his Mangalacharna that there is a qualification for studying these Sundarbhas. They were not written for everyone. So, if you if you, as a Vaishnav, accept Krishna, as your supreme worshipable object, your istadev. if you are a devotee of Krishna, then this book's for you. (laughs) If you're not, you're really going to have a hard time here because we're going to get into some really esoteric, deep thinking because Krishna is from our viewpoint the supreme personality of godhead and he's certainly the supreme personality of jiva's godhead <laughs> jiva jiva accepts fully so a warning was given in the beginning to those that are not bhaktas of krishna that the book itself is written for those that are willing to enter into this mystery. And, as I said, for us, we take for granted this mystery. We take for granted this most secret of all secrets. This is very, extremely esoteric spiritual knowledge which we just off the cuff yeah, what do you mean, Rama? Rama, yeah, Rama's a manifestation of Krishna, and Vishnu's a manifest, and Narayan, and Lakshmi, you know, Lakshmi's a manifest, Radha, Everybody knows that. They don't. We're very privileged. We're privileged to be coming in the wake of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, and to be. Just to think of having entrance into the intimacy of the external and internal reasons for Krishna coming as Lord Chaitanya through the pen of Krishna Das Kaviraj. This is this is this is really something we should never take for granted. We may have it as our common knowledge because of the culture of Krishna consciousness that we've come in through into through the grace of of Sri chaitanya Sankirtan movement and and the emissaries of that movement especially in the Western world, uh, the contributions coming forth from Bhaktivedanta and the, the t- intent of Bhaktisiddhanta to spread it worldwide and the, ex- the, um, the execution of that t- intent by Bhaktivedanta Swami in a big way. It, it's, 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 it's unimaginable. The good fortune of someone who can come into contact with this guyam, most secret, Uttama guyam, the most secret, the topmost secret. We're, you're not going to get this kind of knowledge just anywhere. And you're really not going to be introduced to these kind of ideas that Krishna Sandharva is going to allow you to enter into. In other Sampradayas, this is not there. So then, we've come here to this introduction, and what are we saying? We're saying, well, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna is too, Bhagavan Swayam. And Jiva said, that's what this this that's what Sundarb is about. And that's what all the Sandarbha's were about. And I warned you in the beginning that we were going to come here. So here we are. <laughs> Here we are at the Krishna Sandarva. We're we're now ready to enter into the personality of God. What's he think? What's he feel? Who's he hang out with? Where's he live? Who are the people that live with him? What kind of things does he do there? Where else does he do those things? So we're going to go into all this mysterious knowledge here. And for us, we're like, We've been there, done that, we've heard this for, you know, for our whole life as devotees, we're, we're perfectly content with, you know, the leelas of Krishna, but now we're going to approach it in a very, very um, profound way. It's not going to be just, you know, it's something that we've, as I said, we've already, we take for granted but understand, Jiva's presentation is going to take us to an understanding that is not just a, oh, this is a given. No, I'm going to show you ontologically how the Supreme manifests this most intimate aspect and why this Krishna is the topmost personality of Godhead. So, it's kind of easy for us to say, well, yes, all right, so he's better than Ram, he's, you know, he's a more intimate than Ram or Nishringa or Vishnu or Lakshmi Narayan and Vaikuntha, we kind of get that. Jiva says, okay, get that. Now, get this, of the various manifestations of Krishna himself, we're going to look at those. And We're going to say, was well, there a hierarchy there? Because Krishna has different places he is, and we read about those places in the in the Bhagavatam. So, is there a hierarchy in his manifestations and his associates and his leelas and his various where he lives, his daams, we're going to go into that too, because there's even a hierarchy there. So this book Krishna, is, Krishna Sandhava, is also going to take us into an in-depth study of that knowledge. So we can see that really, if we're looking to all the manifestations of Krishna himself, if we can get you to the point of accepting Krishna, as the as the supreme personality of Godhead. Now we're going to show you that Krishna in Vraj, where he's not even displaying his godhood to the nth degree. In fact, he himself, if we if we study carefully the Bhagavatam, we find out that. All the manifestations of the Supreme are contained within him. But like in Vraj, when he kills the demons, it's not the, the topmost manifestation Krishna. It's because within him is the Vishnu mani, is the Vishnu the Vishnu aspect of himself, and that aspect is the aspect that kills the demons. So a lot of, lot of detailed knowledge. So it's written in the introduction. uh, This book is a true work of genius. No one else has afforded this subject such thorough and systematic treatment up to this point of of Jiva Goswami. No one has, has gone into who is God, what's he all about, and what's the topmost manifestation before Jiva Goswami. Gave us his Sundarbhas. By careful study of the Bhagavat Purana, Jiva Goswami's given us Krishna's factual status. What, what, a, what is the real nature of Krishna? I mean, what these Acharyas, what these Gaudiya Vaishnavas, where they're at, I mean, like we're going we're gonna to approach it from a very scientific lens. Of, of the of the Bhagavat Purana, through this writing of Jiva Goswami, but even you look at the other acharyas, like you read the commentary of a Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, and he's there. And I was just sharing with Bhakti Ras. I'm reading the tenth canto, the beginning again, and Jiva Goswami's there, and in his commentary about Putna picking up Krishna. And he's, he talks in his commentary about, the verse says, Krishna keeps his eyes closed. So he's not seeing Putna, right? When she picks him up to, to give him poison, he's not looking. And Vishwanath Chakravarti says, why not? Why not? Well, because he doesn't want to look at well, she's beautiful. She's a beautiful copy. It's not that, you know. So Vishwanath there gives five reasons, five reasons as to as to why Krishna didn't open his eyes. You know, one, of course, he didn't want to see a demon. One, another is just by looking at the situation with his eyes, well, whatever he looks at becomes auspicious. So he would have made her act an act of auspiciousness by looking upon it. That's the nature of God. So I was, I, was, I was thinking of this. It's just a unique concept. I was thinking, so how would this go? Here's Vishwanath. He's a commentator. How does, how does this work for him? How does he know this? These five reasons why Krishna... Well, maybe he interviewed Krishna. So you can imagine... Krishna, I've heard that you kept your eyes closed when Putin had picked you up. Why did you keep your eyes closed? Well, Vishwanath, now, my readers want to know this. Vishwanath saying, I'm writing a commentary. My readers want to know why you didn't open your eyes. So, can you tell me? Well, there's really five reasons I didn't ro- open my eyes, Vishwanath. The first is, I just, uh, you know, so you can imagine... How how do these acharyas you know how do they enter into the mystery to have this much knowledge intimate mystical knowledge of of the this most secret of all secrets why Krishna didn't open his eyes it's so these things as I said this this we're gonna enter into this it's a deep this Krishna sandharva is, is a very deep study of the knowledge of the Bhagavatam to come, us, come to bring us to this this topmost foundation, and this is really the foundation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. What do you mean? It's the foundation. You could say. Why is it the foundation? And that's that is the key to understanding the Krishna Sandarbha. It's the foundation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism because only by such knowledge of the Supreme can we enter into Raghunuga Bhakti. Only by this knowledge of of Krishna's most intimate pastimes, his most intimate manifestation, his most intimate associates, his most intimate dham and leelas, can we ever hope to enter into the most intimate aspiration, spiritual aspiration, to Follow and love the Lord in the most intimate way as the Rajabasis worship Him, as they exchange love with Him, as they serve Him. Where is that service the topmost? It's in Vraj. So we have to come to this this deepest of understandings. So that's why Krishna Sandarva is so significant to the Gaudiya Vaishnava community. It affords us that opportunity by acquiring this profound knowledge and making it the foundation upon which our spiritual practice evolves. Then we can attain what is truly the fruits of Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement. Premadan, Goloker go, 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 Hari Harinam. The Sankirtan movement is meant for us to enter into the mood of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So what's his mood? He wants to become Das, Das, Anu, Das of Radha. I want to become a servant of the servant of the servant of the most intimate servant of the Supreme. Krishna Sandharva is therefore the most important of all the ontological writings of the Gaudiya Vaishnava school because it unravels the mystery regarding the Gaudiya Vaishnava's worshipable deity, which gives the school its unique identity. We'll begin here uh, to go into some of the subjects that are going to be presented. So we know in a general way now why Krishna Sandarva is so significant, why acceptance, I mean... If we're going to accept Krishna as as our istadev and our our uh, the objective of spi- our spiritual practice, then we need to understand him comprehensively. And why do we need to understand him comprehensively? Because otherwise, well, if we just understand if we understand God in a general way, that's Bhagavan. That's fine. Vaikuntha's there. You can understand and be with God in a general, you know. But if you want to know specifically, more intimately, like we do, then we go to understanding Krishna as Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, the Supreme Bhagavan, the original Bhagavan, not original, but, all, you know, the original manifestation, the the, high, the topmost of the hierarchy, hierarchy of manifestations of Bhagavan if we're going to go to the Krishna conception, then we need to know, well, and then if we go into the Krishna conception, then we need to know is there a hierarchy within the concept Krishna conception? And what is that hierarchy? And Krishna of course we know that Vraj is the highest conception. Enter into the Lord's most intimate dom, where he where he manifests himself in the in the sweetest way um, possible in his exchanges. So he 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 displays the, the most sweet form, the most sweet exchange of love, the sweetest pastimes. And he accompanies all that with a sweet flute. And that's the uniqueness of that. And that basis forms the conceptions upon which we meditate. And this book is going to take us into understanding the ways that that meditation should be performed. The different prakash and the, the meditations upon a specific image or a specific uh, uh, the sp- specific flow of the leela, so we can enter into either of those ways are ad- advantageous. All those ways, both of those ways, are predicated on an understanding of the objective of being a Rupanuga, a follower of the Abhideya of Rupa Goswami in taking us into Raganuga Bhakti and the following of a Rigatmaka as our ultimate objective. So we're we need to see this is in a general way what this Krishna Sandarbha once Jiva wants to present to us here, so that we have a rock solid understanding of the specifics regarding Krishna in Vraj. Says here it's an interesting line. Sri Jiva conclusively establishes. That this phrase is a reference to Sri Krishna, the non-dual personal, absolute, replete with his own interiority, interior, art. Uh, interiority. Yeah, interiority. So, what's Krishna? What's the what's the inner, the inner inner of of the Lord Himself in the in the book? Krishna Sandarbha, he's going to show that all the places in the Bhagavatam where Krishna is put forth is simply a partial manifestation of of Vishnu. He's going to refute all those, all the places in the Purana where you could read it in such a way that you would see that Krishna is simply another incarnation of Vishnu or then he's going to refute all those. He's going to show that all the speakers and all the listeners in the Bhagavad Purana are speaking primarily only of the specific manifestation of Bhagavan Krishna. Krishna is primarily presented in the first, tenth, and eleventh cantos but really, the whole Bhagavatam is speaking primarily only of Krishna. So that's going to come out. He's going to do this by analysis, a deeper analysis of the Bhagavad itself, a scientific analogy analysis, where he's going to say that there are six sets of indicators, Satpraman. determine the subject or the meaning of a statement primarily through an analysis of the lang- of language itself. Uh, so then he's going to get into some analysis of language and the way language of the Bhagavatam is and the way that language puts forth Krishna as the primary subject. Uh, those six indicators are Shruti, Linga, Vakya, uh, Bakarana, Uh, stana, and samakya. Statement, inferential, uh, syntactical connection, that's vakya, Uh, contextual or interdependence of statements, uh, pakarana, stana, position or the order of words, and samakya, name or etymology, then the second of the six indicators we already have had some experience of at the end of the Paramatma-sandharva. Those uh, the, uh, thematic uh, presentation. how's a book begin and end? How's the subject repeated through the book? So he's going to go through all these indicators again, showing that the, the Bhagavad Purana is only pointing Krishna through both these sets of sets of criteria. Then at the, that's that's more or less in the first major division of the book. All this technical approach. In the second major division, he delineates at length the constitutional facets of being of the being of Swayam Bhagavad. And then a, a in depth analysis of the Chaturvyuha, manifestations of Supreme and how they're manifested in the Leela as Krishna and Balaram and Krishna's son and grandson, Prajumnan how they're manifested in Ram Leela as Rama and his three brothers. And an interesting thing that's brought up here is the fact that if we look to the Paramatma feature, we only see three uh, of the manifestations of the Chaturvyuha. So you don't see, you just see uh, Karna Dakshai Vishnu, Garbo Dakshai Vishnu, and Geshiro Dakshai Vishnu, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruda. if we were to look to the greater Chaturvyuha. So he's going to elaborate on that. After that, uh, Chaturvyuha He's going to take on uh, up Bhagawan's form, and specifically the form of the Lord, and how that form is most the most intimate manifestation of that form being Krishna in Vraj, and Krishna in Mathura and Dwarka can sometimes have two and sometimes have four arms. Then he takes up the subject of Krishna's abodes. And we'll go over a little of that. We're like halfway through the notes on the uh, introduction. But the rest of this will go pretty quickly, and then we'll get into the first Anucheta. Uh Basically, he's going to go about Krishna's abodes and, and in the book, Krishna's and Dharma, and bring us to the understanding that Vraj is the topmost abode of the Lord. He manifests more of his intimate of the intimacy uh, there, and he manifests the most complete understanding of his topmost characteristics, again, as viewed in light of the objective of worshiping him in the most complete way. Then he's going to go forward and say and take us to the point and these are the these are the this is these are the this is the abodes of the Lord and then these are the associates of the Lord who worships the Lord most completely and why does she? Why do we see her as the most complete worshipper of the supreme? And then the book is also going to take us into the manifestation of his leelas. So where do we see him him most completely displayed? And where do we see the most complete display of loving interaction with him? And then where do those displays take place? So that takes us into a discussion of the Prakat and Aprakat Leela, and then the distinctions between those Leelas. Then, on, in the book, we're going to be taken into Swakya and Parakya, and while it, while it why it's so important to see the distinctiveness of the way Jiva Goswami dealt with this very contentious subject matter in the Vaishnav community and in the Gaudiya Vaishnav community. God, oh, even even Maharaj Parikshit's like, whoa, I don't understand this. You need to elaborate a little bit, and then so he goes in. Jiva has a very unique way of dealing with this, and we'll go forward in the next classes with that. So, Prakat, Aprakat, Swakya, Parakya, and then methodologies for meditation, whether we're, what we're looking, mantra mantra meditation and how we see a vision of, of, of uh, uh, a picture of the lila, or how we enter into a, the flow of the leela and meditate upon that and then we're set up to enter into the bhakti sandarbha now how do we perform this bhakti we know our goal so here we're going to we're going to learn beyond any any doubt how to think of the goal most perfectly the most perfect conception of the supreme lord krishna and with that conception firmly established then we go to the bhakti sandarbha how do we execute our bhakti practice and take advantage of this topmost goal and attain it and then what is that attainment like what can we expect People that have been there and done that are, giving, are going to give us some indications, and we have the preti Sondarba. This is what this is what it's like. And with that, Jiva will close out his Sundarbas and uh, and we'll be self-realized souls. <laughs> Do you have any questions? Well, I thank you very much for your association.